Welcome to Fight Back Radio, the Marxist voice of labor and youth in Canada, and the best source for a revolutionary analysis of current events, perspectives, and theory. In our final episode of the year, we are sharing speeches from one of our recent launch events for our bi-weekly paper. A newspaper is an essential tool for Marxist organizing, and these speeches explain why. You can subscribe to the paper by visiting marxist.ca slash subscribe. Okay, yes. So, obviously, we are very excited to be switching to bi-weekly publications of Fight Back. Uh, this represents a huge growth for our organization, and it's an achievement that we are super proud of. Fight Back, the magazine, uh, has a crucial role in Fight Back, the organization. It's how we get our ideas out there. It's how we combat the uh, monopoly that the bourgeois media has uh, in this sphere, right? Uh, it's also how we reach out to workers and youth who want to get involved in the fight against capitalism, not only for us in Montreal, but across Canada too. Uh, we've been expanding out to new cities this year, meaning that we are active in Ottawa, Kingston, Waterloo, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, Quebec City, and not to mention Victoria and Halifax, and I am pointing those two out particularly because this means that we can say that we are spreading revolutionary socialism from coast to coast. So all of the cities that I just mentioned are also organizing their own launch parties to celebrate uh, our proudly pan-Canadian organization, and, you know, the ideas that we're promoting. You know, these, these revolutionary ideas, these Marxist ideas, uh, these ideas that we believe will change the world. And these ideas have changed the world, right? Uh, our ideas, the, we carry the history of all of the socialists who came before us, from Marx to Lenin to Luxembourg to Ted Grant, uh, this tradition really makes me feel proud to be a socialist. And when I say uh, that we want to change the world, I want to be clear that we mean that we want to change the world. Uh, not just Montreal, not just Quebec, not just Canada, the world, dude. Um, <laughs> and so for this reason, we are part of an international organization Fight Back is one of over 30 national sections of the international Marxist tendency. Our comrades are spread across every continent on the planet. With one exception, we still have yet to reach Antarctica. Um, if you know of any penguins who are looking to get organized against their capitalist masters, please get in touch with one of our members. Uh, we would really like to, uh, to, to hook that up. Um, capitalism is an international system, and it exploits the working class regardless of nationality. Uh, I have yet to hear of penguins being subjected to wage slavery, but uh, like honestly, it wouldn't surprise me uh, with how things have been going the past few hundred years. Um, so yeah, uh, as the IMT, we have comrades in the United States, the United Kingdom, Italy, Brazil, Pakistan, Spain, Germany, Greece, Indonesia, South Africa, Nigeria, and Morocco, uh, just to, to list a few, a cute little selection there. 
Um, the bi-weekly paper will provide workers and youth uh, in Canada uh, and, you know, uh, our comrades worldwide with a more timely analysis on current events. Uh, we cover events, for example, on a provincial scale. Uh, this means that subscribers to our paper uh, from outside of Quebec are able to keep up with uh, the Quebec Solidaire Congress, for example, that happened a few weeks ago and how, you know, the socialist traditions of the party have seemingly been swept under the rug recently. Um, and in return, I've been watching Doug Ford's supposed change of heart recently. Uh, this, this decision to, to propose a $15 minimum wage in Ontario. Uh, and also the U union leadership's massive swing to the right in order to defend him. Uh, these events are not isolated from one another. And actually, like through these events, uh, we can see the need for an independent workers' organization that actively reckons with capitalism as a system and seeks to destroy it. Uh, we also cover events on a national scale. Uh, recently, it came to light that Canadian officials have been meeting uh, with a far-right, like, straight-up neo-Nazi group in the Ukraine. Uh, supposedly, they're in the country in the first place uh, in order to fight for democracy. Uh, and uh, they think they can accomplish this, apparently, uh, by collaborating with neo-Nazis. Uh, the truth is, the Canadian state only has its own imperialist interests in mind. Uh, we're organizing to take down this racist, imperialist, exploitative Canadian state and replace it uh, with a real dem workers' democracy. We also cover events from around the world the victory of Indian farmers over the far-right Modi government after a year of courageous struggle should not go uncelebrated. This is a... <laughs> this is obviously a serious inspiration for thousands of people worldwide, millions of people even. Um, the Modi regime, which had previously been thought to be undefeatable, uh, in its reign has crumbled under the pressure from hundreds of thousands of conscious, organized farmers. We want to encourage the oppressed classes of every nation to see that they can, in fact, win the battles against their national bourgeoisie. Which brings me to my next point, which is that unlike the capitalist media, uh, which is all owned by the same five companies, it's disgusting if you can look into it, um, fight Back doesn't just update you on, you know, the events happening in Canada and around the world, but we actively apply our revolutionary perspective in each and every article. Uh, if, every, if you've ever felt this sort of sense of dread uh, about keeping up with the news, just knowing that every time, uh, every time you turn on the TV, you'll be presented with a dozen more reasons to feel hopeless about uh, the ongoing crisis of capitalism, uh, from the global pandemic, the new Omicron variant, to the brutal repression of indigenous land defenders, to the complete failure to address the climate catastrophe, which we saw in the recent uh, COP26 meeting, uh, I can assure you, Fight Back will not leave you feeling lost or hopeless. Yes, we absolutely take it upon ourselves to expose the failure and destruction brought onto us by capitalism, but... We do this in order to respond to the needs of the movement and arm ourselves with, uh, with the th ideas that we need in order to overthrow this rotten capitalist system. 
And it seems like the capitalists are kind of doing half the job for us right now. It's really not hard to convince people nowadays that we need to move away from capitalism. A recent poll actually showed that 35% of Canadians uh, agree with us on this. Tens of thousands of them agree with replacing capitalism with socialism. And it's our job to reach those people and start fighting together against this awful system. And the way that we do this, you've probably guessed it, is uh, through the paper. Publishing our ideas more frequently will certainly help familiarize the people who are already uh, who, who we've already reached, but this is only one part of the growth that we are setting out for. We want to lead the working class to victory. We want to abolish and dismantle the Canadian state as a part of a world socialist revolution. We want the full liberation for humanity for the first time in human history. With that in mind, we are going to need to be continually building our base of supporters, which is why that we are setting out to reach a thousand subscribers by the end of December. Now, this may seem ambitious, but what about world revolution is not ambitious? <laughs> in fact, in that context, our goals probably seem rather modest, right? <laughs> and I'd like to invite you all to help get us there. Uh, I know a lot of you are already subscribed, uh, so maybe I'm just preaching to the choir here, but in case you aren't, uh, we have QR codes on your tables. So you can check out um, the, the, uh, your options for subscribing. Uh, we have one, not one, not two, but three magazines to subscribe to. Uh, I'm sure by now you are probably familiar with Fightback, which is our English language Canadian publication. La Riposte is our French, uh, French language uh, publication in Quebec. And obviously, since the French-speaking population in Canada is smaller than the Anglophone one, uh, we have yet to make the switch to fortnightly publications in French. But you can help get us there uh, by getting a subscription tonight. Woohoo! Um, maybe you're looking to improve your French. Maybe you prefer to re read uh, more targeted Quebec analysis. Uh, or maybe you just want to support the work of our Francophone comrades. Uh, all of those reasons are great reasons to get a subscription to La Riposte. Uh, we also have one more publication to let you know about. Um, on the international scale, we produce a quarterly journal, journal there we go, uh, called In Defense of Marxism. Uh, and as Lenin explained, uh, without revolutionary theory, there can be no revolutionary movement. And at a time where capitalism is facing the deepest crisis in world history, we need to turn to the ideas of revolutionary Marxism to arm ourselves against the confused and reactionary ideas that are being spread. If you want to read up on Marxist theory or our analysis, you are certainly welcome to uh, yeah, scan those QR codes, get subscribed tonight. Let's do it. Woohoo! All right, so before I let you get back to your surely cool, fun discussions uh, and celebrations, uh, I'd like to welcome up some of our comrades to give speeches. So first up, we have Fahir Marouf. Uh, Fahir is a longtime activist with Fightback and Lucky Post, uh, and he's going to speak a little bit about the early days of our organization, uh, the importance of having a bilingual, binational uh, side to the organization. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. I'm looking forward to it. 
Well, this is uh, quite a nice turnout tonight, so thanks for coming out. Uh, and it really is a big contrast for me, especially, uh, because I remember joining Fightback all the way back in 2003 right here in Montreal. Um, and when I first joined, there were actually a handful of us. Well, at the time, I would say there were, um, there was actually two of us. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so yeah, so there were two of us uh, in Montreal. In 2003, I actually organized my first demo that year, uh, which was the demo against the Iraq War um, from my campus to join the big demo, which ended up being a, a historic demo. There were 150,000 people in Montreal, uh, and that was actually, at the time, the largest demo in Montreal history, but of course, you know, Montreal's all about beating those records very quick. <laughs> So um, in uh, 2005, uh, you know, we had uh, another uh, mass movement here in Montreal, or in Quebec, uh, which was the student strike in 2005. Uh, Jean Charest had uh, decided to get into a fight with the students, a fight he couldn't handle, uh, and uh, 144,000 students went on strike. And this was, for, for me, it was a formative moment, because I spent... Uh, you know, weekends at Vieux Montréal, going uh, and uh, sitting there with, uh, with the occupation, sleeping in the occupation, uh, and, uh, and trying to learn as much as I could about, about uh, uh, the events, and writing my first article for Fightback uh, about uh, what happened during the uh, student strike. Uh, and the lessons that we picked up from that strike, uh, you know, were very important uh, for us. Uh, and w the main lesson for us was because how the Anglophone students didn't join the strike in 2005. We really set out to try to um, uh, reach, uh, 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 to break that barrier between Francophone and Anglophone uh, students. Uh, but we were only two. So we had to uh, sit down and do the, the basic job, which was, you know, basically... The newspaper was our calling card. That's what allowed us, even though we were two, to go out and meet people and discuss with people. And it really opened, opened up doors for us. Um, and then in, uh, by 2007, we had a handful of people. We weren't two anymore, but you could count them on one hand. Uh, it was five. Um, but, uh, yeah, we were working towards a strike at Dawson um, and you know, trying to, to break through uh, that uh, that um, barrier between Anglophone and Francophone students, and that year I actually uh, was pulled up onto onto uh, the truck by by the ASE executive and told go ahead talk, and I'm like oh shit. So there, there was like you know, fifteen twenty thousand people in front of me. I'm standing on top of a truck. I'm trying to talk, uh, and you know of course by the end of it I'm getting I'm getting my 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 uh, uh, steam going. Uh, and I got the crowd into it about, you know, that we're sending a message to Jean Charest that this is the end of the division between Anglophone and Francophone students in Montreal. And the crowd re responded really well. And then I realized that I hadn't breathed for a couple of minutes. And <laughs> that's when I blacked out. <laughs> Someone caught me. It was all good. <laughs> and nobody else noticed but the person who caught me. But it was, it was quite an experience. Um, but yeah, but uh, that, that uh, 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 strike was really quite... Uh, quite something for me as well, because uh, uh, while we were mobilizing at Dawson, I uh, ran into a, um, uh, an administrator at Dawson whose name was Mr. Bourgeois. <laughs> I asked him to repeat that name and confirmed that it was actually Mr. Bourgeois. 
And then he told me that I was not allowed to hand out flyers for the strike on campus and I needed to leave. And so I was like, okay, fine. And I'm putting my stuff away. And he's literally following me. I'm like, oh, you're actually going to follow me. Okay. So I walked out the doors. And once we walked out the doors, you know, as a communist, you have to be an agitator, right? So here I am being followed by Mr. Bourgeois being kicked out of the school, right? So what do I do? I drop my bag. I jump on the, the, uh, the cement blocks and I start talking to everybody. I'm like, hey, guys. Mr. Bourgeois over here wants to kick me out for telling you about the strike for free education that we're mobilizing for. And of course, you know, we got many, many people who signed up uh, for the strike that day. That was quite fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, in 2008, we met up with a uh, group here in Montreal at the time that's not really around anymore called Gauche Societies. Uh, and we are, we're discussing uh, uh, our... Uh, our work and our vision, uh, and we were discussing our position, um, our internationalist position on the national question here in Quebec, uh, and we were told that we would never recruit anybody on the basis of Lenin's internationalist position on the national question. I don't think they were right. <laughs> Anyways, um, and then in 2008, we were mobilizing uh, uh, for the first time uh, for Quebec Solidaire. Uh, at the time, we came up with our own uh, flyers. We didn't just use the, the uh, party's flyers. And we were talking about the need for the party to adopt a socialist program, for the, and the need in Quebec for a workers' party. You know, these were very important things to put forward. And we met somebody, actually, on the street while mobilizing for Amir Kadir. Uh, and uh, that person happened to be our very first Francophone recruit. So this was a huge deal for us. Uh, so we recruited our first uh, Francophone recruit in 2008, and hit the ground running, and by 2009, we decided we were going to launch the first issue of La Riposte. Which is this one right here. So yeah, so uh, 2009, we launched our, our first issue of La Riposte, um, and uh, at the same time as well, well not the same time, but the same year, we also had some changes to Fight Back. This is the first issue of Fight Back that was designed, in and designed by me. Before that, they were doing it all on Word. I... W <laughs> the pity I had for them. I was just... But they were so thankful that they didn't have to worry about pictures jumping to the next page anymore. They're like, wait a second, things actually stay on the... Oh, wow. <laughs> Very impressed. Yeah, that was that was a big deal for us as well. Um, and then uh, by uh, fast forward a couple of years, uh, we get to 2012, and this is the the big student strike. Um, and of course, this was a, a, a huge deal for us because this was when we really uh, uh, began to um, you know gain a bit of a, a critical mass. Well, maybe not critical mass. That's that's a bit of an exaggeration. A bit of a mass. Yeah, we start even mass is a bit much. <laughs> We started to get more than a handful of francophones. <laughs> so uh, in 2012, we appear with our flags, the IMT flags, in the demos. Uh, our comrades were actually at uh, Adukam, helped with the picket lines. We actually played the role that we we were hoping uh, to, to play, which was to actually have both anglophone and francophone comrades involved in a student strike at the same time. That was quite uh, quite fun. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so. Moving forward, though, that inspirational movement, which was run by Asse, uh, you know, by 2019, uh, Asse had voted to dissolve itself. 
And that was really hurtful for me because I remembered uh, 2005, you know, looked back and I was like, oh, God damn, they're gone now. But we're still here. That's a big deal. <laughs> um, and if you actually think about it, Assay is, uh, uh, was only the, uh, you know, the left wing of, uh, uh, of the movement when Feck and Frick were around, but none of those were around if you go back a couple of decades, you had ANIC, which was the National Students' Union here in, uh, uh, in Quebec, uh, which actually uh, had a monthly newspaper. Monthly, just to let you know. It was on every campus in Quebec, but it was only monthly. So just to say, you know, we got to really be proud about this <laughs> going, uh, going uh, twice a month. So we've come a very long way. We're here. Others are not. Um, even ASA is long gone. But here we remain. Um, you know, we, we work, we're working day in and day out to carry on the legacy of past struggles. One thing that I've learned from all of those different movements that we've seen on the ground here uh, is, is there's so many people that pour their hearts into these movements. And then when, when, uh, when you know, when it isn't May 68, because they were showing videos of May 68 uh, at Vimoyal when I was sleeping there. When it doesn't turn out to be May 68, when the overthrow of capitalism doesn't happen at the end of one of these general strikes, a lot of these people ended up demoralized and they ended up, you know, depoliticized. They ended up going, going to do something else with their lives. Um, and the reason for that is, is that long-term perspective uh, of going from one movement to the next and understanding that no movement is actually a final victory until the overthrow of capitalism, not just here, but worldwide, right? That understanding is what has kept me going despite all the disappointments of all of these movements, right? And so every time that we enter into one of these movements and we're playing our role in these movements and we meet people who are dedicated to changing the world, well, actually, we're kind of trying to also save them from that demoralization that inevitably may happen when a betrayal happens from the reformists or whatever else. So it really is a question of maintaining that legacy of the past struggles, of building on that, on that legacy, uh, to carry the lessons of these past struggles and past generations into the future generations, and to be the historical memory of the working class and the youth, even if I'm no longer young. <laughs> and this is only the beginning, right? Not long from now, this paper is going to be a daily. And so will La Riposte Socialiste. So I hope that uh, uh, you know, we can. This will be only the beginnings of uh, of the events that you're going to be attending. I hope that this is not the, the la your last event. Hope to see you in our in our future events, especially uh, the winter school that's coming up in February, because we really need to educate ourselves. Because it's quite clear that capitalism is not going to educate us about these movements. One thing that we don't learn about, for example, in Quebec, in in, in history classes, is the Common Front General Strike of 1972 where workers across uh, uh, Quebec took, uh, 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 took action uh, and, and took over towns, in, in fact, entire towns. You know, police were actually dropped outside of town in some places. They took over radio stations, right? This is a revolution right here in Quebec. We learn about 1970, which involved a couple of hundred people. But we don't learn about 1972, which involved a couple hundred thousand people, right? So they intentionally don't teach us this revolutionary history. Who's going to teach us that? It's only ourselves. Only we can teach ourselves about the history of revolutionary movements and mass movements 
and the lessons that we need in order to win future movements. So that's why I, I urge you to come out to the Winter School in, uh, in February. I urge you to join a reading group if you haven't already joined one to educate yourself. I urge you to get a subscription if you haven't yet. Uh, and uh, yeah, forward to victory. Next, we will hear from Benoit Tanguay. Uh, he's uh, going to speak on the importance of having a paper to promote the revolutionary ideas of, of Marxism. Uh, this may shock you, but actually Fight Back is not the first organization to spread our ideas through a monthly, well now, bi-weekly newspaper. Uh, we take inspiration from the Marxists of the past who uh, stressed the need for a paper as a collective organizer. And uh, Benoit will elaborate on the role of the paper in uh, building a revolutionary organization. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you all for being here. Uh, it's um, really great to see so much interest in the revolutionary press. Um, because, well, let's, let's admit it, you, you're all kind of weird for spending your Friday night here celebrating a, <laughs> a Marxist paper. But, but that's fine, because history is made by weirdos, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, uh, a Marxist paper, let's admit it, that's not so common anymore. Uh, most of the left actually has abandoned Marx, not only Marxism, but paper as well. Um, but not as on the contrary. Uh, not only do we produce a paper, but we place it at the heart of our, our activity as must be clear by now from the, the speeches, uh, the rest of the speeches, we're not only a paper, we're not only a publication, but we're also a revolutionary organization. And the, the paper is actually the beating heart of this organization. It is the first, it's the vehicle of our, of our ideas, of course. And, and without our ideas, uh, the ideas of Marxism, we would be nothing. Uh, our ideas are actually, they're a guide to action. Uh, you can you could be a huge organization. You could be, uh, you know, well, you could be like the us, uh, like AC, like uh, the, so that this huge uh, student uh, union that Fair was talking about. But we, without the correct ideas, the correct methods, the correct understanding of the world, your your efforts, however big they are, they they will lead to nothing. Uh, this this society is really is dominated by the ideas of those in power. Uh, call them the bourgeoisie, or maybe that's a, that's a bit hard to pronounce for you, Anglo. So let's call them the, the, the capitalists, the, the rich, the bosses, the ruling class. <laughs> and with their immense wealth, they, they exercise the rule through their politicians and, and their state, uh, and, they, and through their media. They own the media uh, through which they defend their worldview uh, and their own interests. Trotsky once remarked, he said that the yellow, pre the yellow press, that is the, the tabloids, lies as a matter of course without hesitating or looking back. But newspapers like the Times or Le the Tongue, or today we would say like the New York Times or La Presse, uh, speak the truth on all unimportant un and inconsequential, yeah, those are two hard words, inconsequential <laughs> occasions so that they can deceive the public with all the re requisite authority when necessary. And you can see that's true. You know, how they, 
Oh, they, they say the truth when, when uh, someone, you know, just on, on tiny questions, but when it's time to, I don't know, lie about the, the weapon, weapons of mass destruction, for instance, then they don't hesitate. Uh, and yes, uh, and yeah, there, there are some journalists that try to be objective, neutral, that's true. But there is no neutrality in this world with so much oppression and so much suffering. If you try to be neutral in this world, you're siding with the oppressor. Uh, and and you look at the way the media covers strikes, how they cover police brutality. Look at what the Journal de Montréal said uh, yesterday, where they, where this guy was beaten up by the police, and they they said they, they titled uh, an article, um, "This guy's friend was a rapist." Okay, what does that have to do with him being attacked by the police? So how, how is that any any relevant? And you see, they constantly do that with. When, especially when when black people get get beaten up by or killed by police, or look at the way they they uh, they talk about Palestine and, and Israel, look how they treat violence against women, look how they treat uh, racism, etc. So I, and I like I really like this quote by Malcolm X where he says, "If you're not careful, the newspapers will have you hating the people who are being oppressed and loving the people the people who are doing the oppressing." That's very true. Because uh, without the correct ideas, without the, the correct understanding of the world, we risk falling into the trendy ideas, the, the easy ideas, the reform into reformism, essentially. We risk floating into the mainstream, repeating the dominant ideas that defend the status quo. Because uh, as Marx said, the ideas of the ruling class are in every epoch the, 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 the ruling ideas. And that's why the, the workers, the oppressed, need their own media, their own paper, to combat uh, these dominant ideas. Um, and so since the beginning, from when Fightback was just one strange British immigrant that I'm sure uh, Julien will talk to you about, uh, to, uh, until today and the future, we have always been around, uh, uniting around these ideas of Marxism and around the paper to defend these ideas and dis dis disseminate them. This another hard word, disseminate them. But uh, placing the, the the paper at the heart of of the, the revolutionary organ organization, uh, as Jasmine said, that's that's not a new thing. That's not something we came up. That's a tradition in the revolutionary movement. That's it's an old principle, and um, the one who really theorized it is Lenin, the, the leader of the Bolshevik Party, the leader of the the Russian Revolution of 1917, and he really developed this theory of the paper as a vehicle for the building of the the revolutionary organization. And it, it is often forgot that it is through building that paper that, that Lenin built the, the, the Bolshevik party. And already in, in 1901, when Marxists in Russia were just a group of scattered people around Russia, uh, Lenin wrote a pamphlet titled Where to Begin. And I invite you to read it. It's very short, but it's really interesting. And in this, he, he, he argued that the Marxists of Russia had to start not locally by small local struggles for isolated issue, which is an argument that we hear constantly, uh, like still to this day. Oh, oh let's let's fight these small struggles here and there. But uh, and on the contrary, he said he, he proposed, he argued for starting by organizing a, na a national political paper for the whole of Russia, and that is because the paper is not just a way to disseminate ideas. Uh, as Lenin said, it is a collective, organi uh, collective organizer. He, he, he compared it to the scaffolding 
around a building under construction. And he also adds, uh, with the aid of the, the newspaper and through it, a permanent organization will naturally take shape that will engage not only in local activities, but in regular general work, and will train its members to follow political events carefully, appraise their significance and their effect on the various strata of the population, and develop effective means for the Revolutionary Party to influence these events. And that's essentially what we're doing at, at Fight Back in La Post. And the paper is, so therefore the, the paper is a school, it's a school of revolutionary politics through which we are building an organization that, well, I, I hope, can change society. Uh, and, he, and he explains uh, more precisely, he says, the mere technical task of regularly supplying the newspaper with copy and of promoting regular distrib distribution will necessitate a network of local agents of the new United Party will maintain constant contact with one another, know the general state of affairs, and get accustomed to performing regularly their detailed functions. And uh, you, nobody can argue that, that this didn't work. I mean, Lenin uh, built such a revolutionary party exactly through that method that we are still following today. And, and, uh, and it's the same thing that allowed us at Fight Back and Laripost, uh, Laripost Socialist, to build what is certainly today the largest revolutionary organization across Canada and Quebec. Others on the left have largely abandoned this tradition of the Marxist newspaper. You know what they say, and they say, oh, Marxist is old, we need new ideas. Papers are old school. You know, haven't you heard about the internet, <laughs> videos, TikTok and Instagram, Facebook for the boomers? Uh, well, yes, these, these media are great tools, and they, they need to be used, of course. Uh, but having a, a physical paper is, is something that, uh, yeah, that, that is actually still very important because we're not selling papers just, you know, because we like, we, we hate trees and we want to kill them all or just like out of nostalgia for the epoch of print media or something. No, the, the, the paper is a tool to meet people. It's a, it's a, and it's a, probably a reason why a, a lot of you in this room are here today, because we met you through a paper. It's a reason to, to begin discussions with people who would not otherwise have approached strangers, strangers standing on a corner just to talk about, can, do you want to talk about socialism? <laughs> no, you have a paper, do you want to buy our paper? And then we talk about socialism. It's, it's a business card, a uniform, a banner around which our activists can unite. It's a vitally important tool to, the, to build a, a professional revolutionary organization. And, and what, what did the, the left gain from abandoning this supposedly old tool? Did they find a better one? Well, you're probably wondering, well, what the hell am I talking when I say the left? And that's probably a good answer to that question, if, if it worked. Um, and and the, great, uh, the great thing about the, the paper being a, a collective organizer is that, as Lenin explained, he says, uh, the, fr the frequency and regularity with which a newspaper is printed and distributed can serve as a precise criterion of how well this cardinal and most essential sector of our militant activities is built up. In other words, um, there's a, there's it's a good indication of how, how well we're building the organization, uh, and so the the fact that that fight back is going uh, fortnightly is actually correlated to our general expansion 
as an organization. And as Jan Jasmine explained, we're, we, we've been able to grow tremendously to expand around the country from coast to coast and to train writers deep in the ideas of Marxism capable of commenting and analyzing more and more topics and therefore to intervene in, on the ground in more and more struggles. And so this translates into actual action on, on, on the ground. Um, but this achievement takes work and it takes resources and this is why we need your help. Uh, not, not only to, to make this achievement sustainable, but also to push forward and and like we said, to, to not only to push to, forward to a weekly, but also to a daily paper one day. To, and to have a, a daily paper capable of providing a sharp, uncompromising revolutionary analysis, capable of responding to everyday development in politics and everyday development in, in, the, in the class struggle. Because this system, let, let's face it, this system is in crisis and nobody can tell you otherwise. Look at it. Um, a new variant com came, coming out. It's incredible. They are the, the, the ruling class is not ruling. They're just bankrupt, and they're literally bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the governments are literally bankrupt. Uh, they're printing money. This this is insane, and it needs to change. And if if there's no one to to build this revolutionary change, uh, well, if it's not us, not us, well, I don't know. Maybe you know somebody else who's doing it, and you can show me. But uh, <laughs> but uh, we have to start. Well, we have to do it. Um, so that's that's why we need support from people like you. So I invite you to uh, well subscribe to the paper, join a reading group, start to organize with us. Uh, thank you. Thank you for listening to Fight Back Radio. Fight Back is a revolutionary organization fighting for the socialist transformation of society. We are the Canadian section of the International Marxist Tendency. We actively seek to educate workers and youth in the genuine ideas of Marxism in order to fight back against capitalist attacks and austerity and bring an end to capitalism. However, we won't be able to do this on our own. So if you agree with us, get involved. We can be found online at marxist.ca, on Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Canada Marxists, on Instagram at Socialist Fightback, and on YouTube as Fightback La Riposte. For international news and analysis, check out In Defense of Marxism at marxist.com. The music in this episode was General Strike by Soul Jazz Orchestra. They can be found at souljazzorchestra.com. <laughs>